Welcome to Tales from the Clit. I'm Stephanie and I'm a sexual educator. Since 1982, over two billion federal dollars have been spent on abstinence education programs. Meanwhile, only 13 states require the information and sexual education programs to be medically accurate. These political choices have a very real effect on the personal lives of individual citizens in the United States. I believe that every sexual encounter is a learning experience, and I believe in the power of storytelling, especially as an educational tool. This podcast is a blatant attempt to mix these two beliefs, in which you and I will be learning about sex through the stories people tell. Listener discretion is advised. So today we're talking to Frida. And how do we know each other, Frida? We know each other from undergraduate school. And... Today we're going to talk about about um, learning and experiencing my sexuality from being a survivor of sexual assault as a child um, up until now that I have flourished and now I enjoy sex very much. As do I. We have similar journeys, but I'm excited to hear about yours. Where do you want to start? So I want to start um, to a little bit of my abuse because my abuse happened Um, when I was, it started happening that I could remember when I was about four years old and it lasted over six years. And I think I struggled with that because at first, like, I didn't know that that was sex. I didn't, I didn't have a name for it. I just knew it happened to me, um, uh, well, while I was sleeping. Um, and I've learned that it was a coping mechanism, but it did affect the way that I view sex. So starting, um, like in middle school, I started getting urges, so it became masturbation. And I, at a very young age, I would say, I started watching porn. And I knew it was wrong because I would do it at night. I would wait for everyone to fall asleep. And then I would go on the computer and, you know, go, like, I started by, like, Googling, like, free porn on, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, Yahoo or, like, the, which inju- is how you the get search a virus. Engine. Yes, which is how you get a virus, and we did, and I remember <laughs> we took it to get fixed, and I was like, oh, like, I was like, oh, my God, like, it was probably my dad or my brother, <laughs> um, and sometimes I feel like, you know, I wonder if my parents knew. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, but I think that we were, I was raised in a very Catholic home that they probably just didn't want to talk about it or felt awkward talking about it or addressing it. And and then when I hit my teen years, I remember I hit an, a period of shame because I was like, I can't believe I was doing that. That's so bad. Um, I shouldn't even be talking about sex. I didn't understand that it was kind of tied to the abuse yet. So I remember I, I kind of stopped watching it and then I, I, I shamed myself for it. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to have sex. Like for a minute, I was like, I'm going to wait till I get married, which did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, so that. So that happened until I was like 15. And then after that, I I had a boyfriend and I had my first very awkward uh, sexual encounter. Like the first when I lost, I wouldn't call it virginity. I was the first time I like genuinely enjoyed sex with someone um, was at 15. And well, I was turning 16. So yeah, no, 16. I was 16. Sorry. I think so around there <laughs> um but point is like <laughs> I remember it was super awkward right because part of me was like I haven't had sex in such a long time and like I never connected it to sex during that time so like I never I never connected my abuse 
So I, I it was for me, it was like my first time. And then like, I, I realized I was like weird about some stuff. Like I was willing to do some things. I wasn't willing to do other things. Um, it was like all like first time things in my head. And then the abuse hit, like it, it like just came running, running like down my head. Like, uh, and it was in high school. And I remember I, it, like a lot of things made sense because I, I did, um, I cheated in high school and I think that was really hard. Cheated. I cheated on my partner. Um, in high school and I think that was very difficult to process because there was like no remorse like it was like emotion was detached from sex and it was the first time I realized that like I I did enjoy it with my partner but it was kind of like like it was okay for men to use my body like that and I it was weird it was weird because I knew I hurt my partner like I knew I what I did was wrong like but it was just like it was weird I was just so quiet like like I was silent like I I don't even remember if I gave consent because it was like such a like awkward moment and it it happened and it was just weird and I just wanted to go home after that I didn't want to talk about it but you know word went out people found out and I remember it was was a really hard time so after that happened it was kind of like oh my god like what am I doing and then it but now it makes sense right like the abuse of like that whole like men using my body since a very young age especially people that love me and like um like for me like it wasn't so normalized and then once I got to college though things changed (laughs) so I I still had like you know my sexual partner and like like but I started exploring things and um I wanted to like focus on masturbation because I think that's when I like I started um masturbating more again and it was interesting because at first like I would do it like you know in the shower like very private like I tried to like I was like you know I'm not gonna watch porn I'm not gonna do that again so it's like okay like let's let's try to touch myself and then that's when you know in college you start getting like classes and people start talking about it and you start seeing workshops and then I remember going to my first vagina monologues in my second year and I started hearing like um which it was a workshop Mm -hmm. and you know they were talking about how to pleasure your vagina and I was just like like oh my god there's like workshops where women go and like they learn how to pleasure themselves that's even a thing like you know and it was no never normalized like I remember my I remember like my parents wouldn't talk about it like family members wouldn't talk about it even though there was a lot of abuse within my family a lot of sexual uh, abuse a lot of um sexual acts occurring within young individuals which was I it was now I know it's not normal um but we didn't really talk about it so I didn't know that that we had that power to like enjoy it and enjoy our bodies now even looking at myself I'm like damn girl like you're fine and like (laughs) I could even turn myself on which is I mean yeah (laughs) it's just wild to me right like the fact that for many many years um I felt so ashamed so now that I'm older I've learned a lot too I've learned that I'm attracted to anyone that I'm attracted to and that's okay like as long as I'm comfortable with them and I like them that's okay that's okay like it doesn't have to be a man or it doesn't have to be a woman like it can be anyone as as long as I feel that attraction so learning that especially with masturbation because the porn that I watch now it's it's mostly female to female I do not watch heteronormative couples like it's it's rare right yeah it's just like I don't know like it just does not turn me on like I like to see women get pleasured me too <laughs> like, and men but like not i don't know when it, they come together it's like does it feel natural yeah does it look natural yeah 
I didn't watch gay porn or lesbian porn, oh. but not heterosexual porn. Yeah. Like, not together. Oh, that's interesting. I have not watched gay porn yet, but um, I do watch a lot of lesbian porn. Um, and now I watch feminist porn now that we've learned about it. Well, I've learned about it in the past past year. Um, but I think it's amazing to me how much I've learned about my body ever since I started acknowledging it. Like, I have, before I feel like I had attachment issues. Now I don't. Um, I'm okay if I have someone or if I don't. I feel like I my two fingers could work as well as a penis sometimes or even better just because I know my body. Um, even like I've learned that it's okay to use um, toys in the bedroom even if it's for self-pleasure. And that was so like taboo, you know. It was kind of like, oh, you have a dildo? Oh, what is that? Like, you know, to this day, interestingly enough, I do not have a dildo. <laughs> um, I've thought about it, but I don't have one. But I do have t- other toys and it's just so like... Didn't like, I give you a dildo? What would it be considered a dildo? Okay, I don't have like a like a vibrator, then. So it's a dildo, but it's not a vibrator. It doesn't vibrate. Okay. It's just a penis shaped thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't have a vibrator. Is that different? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it doesn't vibrate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't have a vibrator and. Yeah, but I mean, I've considered it, but I think that there's still a piece of me that's still uncomfortable purchasing these items. So like, like if I receive them as gifts, I'm just like, oh, I'm going to try this tonight. But me purchasing them, like it's still, it's still a little awkward for me. Like I still cannot go into a sex shop and actually purchase it. Like I'll walk around with like friends and, and, and other folks, but like, I'm just like, "Mm," like, I don't know if today's my day. Um, I also feel like some toys are very expensive. Like they're not... Um, some are definitely investments yes 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 and you could you know we could see it as a good thing but i think for younger adults especially we come from lower income communities like we don't think about investing in a sex toy yeah (laughs) and it's and it's hard too right like where where am i gonna get the money to buy a vibrator if i could barely afford food yeah um so that luxury yeah it's a it, it is a luxury so looking at it that way um and i think now though now that i'm an adult I think I'm more open about sex and like, like, like being comfortable with my body, um, being comfortable with masturbation, being comfortable of like doing it whenever you want. If, and, (laughs) and like, there's a lot of crazy stuff that, I mean, I've seen in porn and, and I've seen out there and like heard stories about, but like, um, I just think that it's like, we have to be talking about this, especially with future generations, because, that's how a lot of assaults happen. That's how a lot of like hurt in our communities, trauma in our communities, when we're not talking about it. So even like um, like masturbation, like some like when you're doing it with a partner or someone, like someone could get aggressive, right? Because they like that's what they see in porn. Like I'm gonna freaking put in a dick in you, like put in a dildo and like ram you, you know? Yeah. And it's like no, like you gotta like ease in and and things like that and I think it's been a beautiful journey for me because as a survivor who who's been open about it in certain communities like just being okay and not feeling slut shamed and not feeling like I'm gonna go to hell because my parents are like you know Catholic even though they're they don't practice it as much but they're still very like oh don't talk let's not talk about it like (laughs) you know don't do that um and it's also like interesting too because they know about my assault 
and they know I was exposed to sex at a very young age but yet like they they still they still feel awkward they still don't want to talk about it um they still don't acknowledge it at at times yeah my parents are the same way and when they ask me why I'm so passionate about sex education I'm like you know why you know what happened I don't want that to happen to anybody else yeah they're just like no like i should be all repressed and stuff yeah and and i i i honestly believe that's why i value a lot of the work that you do too because as survivor to survivor right like i don't think we talk about it enough about how we can make it to pleasure like we we could get there and and yes it's difficult for some people more more than some more than others but i think like it's so beautiful when you like like treat your body like your own temple like and it's like your own religion you choose what to do what you want to do like you choose to believe in what you want to believe in and like take care of it and honor it and and maybe you don't want to do that maybe you just want to have a lot of sex with a lot of people and that's totally fine but i think it's a journey for a lot of us right um but pleasure the idea of pleasure like it, it even helps de- de-stress like you know it helps us e- some folks get energy some people just want to go to sleep um but normalizing it in a way that's healthy, in a way where we could have conversations about it, in a way where we could be like, okay, but make sure to use a condom. Oh, you don't know how to use a condom? Here, let me teach you. Or like, oh, like even when you've talked about, like when you talk to um, students about like what lube to use, you know, what what toys to play, you know, be careful because you might get an allergic reaction, which I have. Um, oh my God. Can you share that? Story? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It was, oh gosh um so i had tried a lube and it was like the fire like the fire like the one from trojan and i didn't i didn't know what the ingredients i just was like oh lube let's use it and i used it and had you used lube before yes but i had used water-based okay so this one had a bunch of chemicals it was brand new by trojan and i was just like i was like hmm you know and i remember no it was not well, maybe uh, yeah um but we used it and i broke out like my like it burned so bad i had to go straight to the shower and the next day i broke out and i freaked out went to the gynecologist and the gynecologist like looks at it and is like you know we're gonna run a lot of tests but by just looking at it i can guarantee you you have herpes and i was like oh hell no uh uh-uh. uh, <laughs> this cannot happen. Like I take care of myself, no way. And um, I, w- I waited for my results, and this whole time I'm just like, gosh, please, like no, like this cannot happen. No, 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 no. And at this time, I had not had, like I hadn't had a lot of sexual partners, and it was kind of like, what the heck? Like I could, I could literally like be like, oh, I know who I'm gonna catch for this one, you know? Like I know who I'm gonna go and get for this one. So I was like, like, fuck. (laughs) And a week later, they like, oh, you need to come in to see your results. And the doctor looks at me so like surprised, like, oh, you don't have herpes. (laughs) I think you were actually allergic to the, to the loop that you use. Like it it was an allergic reaction. And I was like, I don't care. I'm like, as long as I'm okay. Like she's just, and basically after that, it was just like, don't use that ever again. Like make sure you use water-based or like, um, now they have like the lube for folks who get like uh, who are sensitive hypoallergenic yeah hypoallergenic lube i don't know i haven't used it yet i've only stick to water-based lube but 
they yeah it was a scary experience yeah. it was very painful um so i always tell people like like make sure you test it in your skin like in your arm your like your thigh make sure you test it because it was scary <laughs> it was very scary <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah just having these conversations i think it's something so important especially yes yeah, as survivors and i think there is a lot of shame there's a lot of guilt there's a lot of um also worry too because it also makes you think like what if one day i have kids right like am, am i gonna talk to them about sex like um are they gonna be educated about sex in school you know how much are they gonna learn am i gonna have to step in now that i'm educated at least in that area and i think another thing too is like it's interesting how um like our parents get scared if we lose our virginity but yeah if we tell them we're assaulted by someone that they know or and that's in the family it's just like oh let's not talk about it instead of like screaming at you and like like wanting to have this big conversation right like wanting to know who you lost your virginity to especially like for like moms who who were young parents like my mom like like even she kicked me out when she thought she, the first time she thought I had sex which I didn't like I remember she kicked me out of my house but yet when I tell you I've been raped by someone in the family you don't do anything about it like you, you just you just shut me down and like you don't want to talk about it and then when I ask for therapy you think I'm crazy <laughs> so I just yeah like you know what's the fine line like like what's healthy what's not like should we be talking about this like would i have um would i have not like slept with those men that have hurt me like you know is it is it a repeated cycle of abuse in my sex life i think i've i've improved like now i know better who to sleep with who not to sleep with um but i think it, it's been a journey because i did i do feel like like sex was disconnected a lot but now now i embrace it i enjoy it um i try different toys like lubes i i have my current sexual partner and i like we are really open about it like about and we're very consensual with each other like making sure everything's okay like if like no is no like if you want to pull out while you're having sex like just communicating and i think that's something beautiful but it has come with age and it's come with experience and it, and it has come with a lot of hurt for myself and for others. Yeah, it's 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 wild. <laughs> yeah. You've definitely learned a lot. And it's one of those things like I wish I had someone to hold my hand through this. Yeah, I I I don't think I had someone. Um I think I've learned. I learned a lot. Um there was folks who would try to have conversations with me about sex, but yeah, I don't think I don't think I had anyone until I came to college. And even then, I think when we were undergrads, there wasn't a lot of work being done around sexual education and like healthy relationships, right? Yeah, there wasn't any and not really. Yeah, not really either. So, I really appreciate what we're doing. But I think it's also another thing that I I see that's missing is that only the students that get active on campus get to have these conversations because I feel like a lot of our commuters a lot of people that just come to class and go home you know they still don't talk about this yeah but there also needs to be like a level of bravery to go yeah. to one of those classes and not everyone has even if they are involved that's so true so it's just I, 
I don't know. My thing is making sure that information is out there and those resources are available. And then whenever you're ready. Yeah. Whenever y'all are ready, it's there. You just need to look. That's that's like my philosophy <laughs> where it's like I'm not going to ram it down anybody's throat. Yeah. Unconsensually. Yeah, it's so true. No, it'll just be there. I You're right. And I think even for myself, like after going to several programs and workshops, like like abuse that happened that I didn't remember as a child like would come up too so I think that that could get very difficult too um I know several people that have been triggered by some programs and some conversations so I definitely think that that's true I I remember one time I was like I was like holy cow like like I was assaulted by other people too like and I was little I was a kid like I didn't like I didn't know any better like like you know you might feel like it's wrong at the moment but you you don't know and now that I'm older, it's like, wait a minute, like that shouldn't have happened to me at like seven years old, eight years old. Like I shouldn't have gone through that. So, yeah, you're right. It's 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 difficult. A lot of it is just being mad for my younger self and like yeah. she deserved better. Yeah. I want to make sure that nobody else. Yeah. It doesn't happen to other people. Yes, 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 yes. Like if if I would have known that that, you know, like like maybe maybe even had a conversation about like you know this is what sex is this is how like um children are made or like it was something small like the bees and the what is it what the is birds it? and the bees. the birds and the bees which is something that a lot of people of color don't do yeah <laughs> um but even learning those things right like just saying like this is your body you get to say yes or no when people touch you like you know if you you're not okay with it even like as latinos like i think um like our parents like you know when you, when the uncle visits that like, you don't feel comfortable when they're like dale un beso a tu tío y por qué no le has dado beso a tu tío ve a saludar a tu tío and and you know you know it's just like oh i don't want to say hi to my uncle but they normalize it they normalize us like you know kissing those people or like hugging those people that we're uncomfortable with and yeah there's like a lot of work that needs to be done because i yeah my my younger self went through a lot and it might happen in the home where you're supposed to be safe where i'm supposed to be protected did right by the older brother like they're supposed to take care of you and and um like mentor you and like and like help you get through life because they're the older sibling and it's like like no like for me that wasn't the case and I'm I think I've worked a lot through therapy like I'm not mad at it but it's like like we create these environments where yeah I'm, I'm, I was very angry for a long time and I wish someone would have save me i wish someone would have noticed like because it happened for so many years and to this day like they don't acknowledge it yeah yeah but also like i feel like everything about my younger self screamed like abuse like she's not okay yeah and it's like it's so true i even me yeah so much so much so much of the things that i did was just like cries for help and yeah on one hand it's like how did nobody pick that up yeah and on the other hand it's like if they had picked that up like would i have been open to it probably not i would have like freaked the fuck out yeah yeah that's why i think i wondered too like like when i was men- when i mentioned the porn earlier like about watching it at a very young age and i'm just like mm, like why didn't like that's weird right like they should have asked like hey what are you doing like where'd you get that from like how did you know how to look like google that or like search that like like what are you doing you know like nothing none of that and yeah it's it's just like 
how and like i remember too like being so angry of all the abuse be- before i i realized it was that because it for me i think i i i put it away in a box and i hid it for a very long time and i remember though i was so angry and i was always emotional and and i remember i would write like i hate my mom i hate my mom i hate my mom but it was because i felt like she wasn't saving me like it was because she she didn't protect me because she wasn't there for me and it was all of that bottled up for so many years and i remember too like like there was times where i was like now that i'm older it's like how did you not see it right and like how did you not see that those things were wrong <laughs> like especially when it comes to n- naked bodies like i don't know it was just very hard and i think that's why too i had a um i remember like it was it took me a minute too when i started having sex with with a person i lost my virginity too <laughs> it took me a while to get comfortable being naked or like them seeing me and them touching me like it was kind of weird for me i remember it took me like a year to get really comfortable with them and now it's amazing like that's my current sex partner but it, it it's taken a lot of time and a lot of like having to talk through the trauma a lot of having them understand it because in the beginning you know we were young like yeah i shared it because i tried to like share it so that he could understand but we were young he didn't know what to do he didn't know what to say like he was just quiet about it when i shared it so now that we're older it's like he's more consensual like he like he'll make sure that i'm okay he'll make sure to like pleasure me and things like that so it's 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 nicer now but it has it has been a rough rough road it's it's always nice to know and hear from other survivors that it gets better it does yeah i mean some of us struggle more than others um and i think it takes a strong mindset sometimes to really get where i'm at especially because i'm still very young Mm -hmm. and some people don't get to where i'm at until they're much older yeah that was great thank you yeah you're welcome (laughs) Um, thank you for having me yes you were wonderful thank you frida Tales from the Clit was recorded at the Ethnography Lab at UC Riverside in collaboration with the Cultural Media Archive. You can follow me, Stephanie, at Sex at Steph, and this podcast at underscore Tales from the Clit on Instagram. And you can send any questions to our email, talesfromtheclitoris at gmail.com. If, for any reason, you were triggered by content in this episode or need resources to deal with sexual violence, then contact the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Hotline at one 800 or find it at www.rain.org or call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or find it at www.thehotline.org. Culture Media Archive.